you know, I want to, you know, commend you guys as well. You guys have an absolutely, you know, this is a fantastic platform. Um, as you said, it's for footballers, you know, and this is a rarity, you know, in the whole podcast scene. You know, like you have mentioned before, you know, there are tons of podcasts, tons of things that you can listen to, tons of things you can watch on on, on, on football. But when it comes to actually talking footballer to footballer, guys who played the game, you know, in um, one, you know, podcast or, or, or in one circle, just kind of talking about things and just kind of airing it all out there. You don't get that. All right, welcome to another episode of For Footballers Only. I'm Mike Idiokitas. I'm James Benet. And today we have a special guest. Hello, I'm Zoe. <laughs> hey, Zoe. Welcome, Zoe. Welcome, welcome, welcome. welcome. We love the, the energy. All right, um, Zoe, let's just get right into it. Where does your football story begin? Oh, wow. Um, my football story begins maybe eight, seven or eight years old. Um, my friends were playing ASO league, maybe on like second grade. Yeah, my friends are playing ASO. I asked my mom if I can play. Mm -hmm. um, she said, sure, go ahead. Um, and that's where it, it begins then. And then I get into to Super Soccer Stars, which is a program down here in New York. Um, so I get more involved with that. And apparently like how I transitioned into playing club was my brother actually watched me play in ASO. And he was like, my mom didn't come. No, no one took me seriously. Um, no one thought I was doing anything. Um, my mom did know that like, I would run so hard that I would give myself like little asthma attacks. Cause I just like want to play and run. And then I'd be like, heaving and so she thought something was wrong with me that's like all she really knew about my <laughs> soccer ability and like has it developed like a little bit my brother was the one who was like mom I think you should actually pay attention I think she's actually pretty good mm -hmm. um, and from that point on that's kind of where my story began I brought you nine is when I started playing club wow wow uh, so did your brother play no my brother actually plays basketball so he played basketball um in college okay um, both my brothers i mean my oldest brother played a little bit but um, but he was the one he was the one who used to take you to the games and watch you yeah i mean he took me to a game and watched me a time but i uh, that's how legend has it i don't know i don't really remember it that clearly i just know that like i would go and i'd have fun and i remember like my friends i don't really remember my parents at seven age seven that's not what i remember the most yeah i remember like the program on the roof of my I'm from New York, so, you know, as you know, Mike, uh, like little spaces we can get like on someone's roof or like for school, it's some little terrace section. So that I remember like playing on those little terrace sections. It's like really early days of playing, playing football. Well, given, um, given all the, the different sports you could get into, what made your mom put you into, you know, the, the rec league? Oh, I think that I just, I we're a pretty athletic family, so I was dabbling in everything and anything. So, well, my friends were doing it at the time. I was doing gymnastics. Um, I was doing ASO. I started fencing the next year. 
um, wow. swam throughout until until I got to high school. Um, so I was I was kind of doing everything. Um, I played tennis camps over the summer, so like I was really doing anything. So like my family does come like my family's Bahamian, so my mom's from the Bahamas. So all my cousins played growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is still very much in our, in our family, and so um, it's not a it wasn't a random thing, but it was. Okay. It was one of those things for like me being in Manhattan. It was just, hey, mom, can I play with my friends? We're all doing this. So, so, so what happy kept you going since you had all all these other options? What what happy uh, make you stick to soccer? Yeah, um, for soccer, it was really one of those things that I, you know, all those other sports. I swimming does not have a special part sport place in my heart. Actually, mm-hmm. I think. It's incredibly hard and it's so I it's just a, I don't get the same joy from it I think with football like I always wanted to get better like I like learning a new trick learning something new like just really excited me um I could think about like with super soccer stars for example they should they should pay me for like putting them on like <laughs> <laughs> write the check write the check <laughs> Um, so I'll, you know, I have some phone calls to make later, obviously. <laughs> when I'm thinking about that and, um, it's just like, I think about like working on my left foot really early, like trying to like hitting the ball against the wall, like endlessly, just like doing that. Cause they're like, yo, if you want to get better, like you have to do that and me doing it. And then going and playing in these little spaces and like scoring goals and these little tiny nets, you know, when we're, when we're eight, mm-hmm. um, I think the like, that constant wanting to get better, wanting to get better, wanting to get better. How can I push it to the next level? Um, and just like, it's just like football's amazing. You know, there's so many different movements, so many things you can do, um, so many things you can learn. So that's, I think that's what really drove me. Yeah. And then, so, and then I also what, like, gravitated towards it in terms of that. I was, I was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're um, nine and then you enter club, club ball. So walk us through pretty much from then to now. Yeah. Okay. So you nine, we are at, I'm going to give you all name drops so I can hit every single one of them up and be like, for all the times I've mentioned you, it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I played for Manhattan Soccer Club up until maybe you 12, you 13. Um, at that point, at least at that point, um, in the city, like if you wanted to get to the next level, you had to leave Manhattan um, for girls at that time with me growing up. Um, and that's also when I started playing ODP. So I started playing ODP sixth grade, um, maybe seventh grade. I moved to Long Island to start playing. So I played at New Hyde Park and I was a connection by through ODP. My mom became friends with um, some of the parents there. And so they're like, you have to really come out and play here. Um, and so after that, I actually moved from New Hyde Park. I went to Huntington Boys Club, HBC, um, still in Long Island. And that was up until maybe my my 10th grade, so maybe 10th grade. Um, I'm going there, so like eighth or ninth. I don't know. It's actually a little bit of a blur, but I do know that was the next step. Um, HBC. Uh, and then after HBC, I went to... PDA um, out of New Jersey. And so that's who I ended up playing with um, when I got recruited to go to Berkeley. So um, 
all throughout that time, I was playing ODP. Uh, so I was playing on the state team, um, and then I was also on the regional team. And then through that, and through the conversation appearances and the exposure I was getting at that point, um, I got some opportunities to play on the national um, on the national team. I was playing. I got called up to two opportunities at the national team: one at U16 um, and one just as an ID camp at U14 through ODP. Um, what? Where am I in this journey of life? You're you're at high school now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm in high school. So while playing for PDA, I got recruited to play at UC Berkeley. So I that this zoom over to Berkeley. So of the schools that I was recruited to play for, I chose Berkeley because it's a phenomenal place. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, and it's in such a competitive league. Um, I was there for four years and I unfortunately tore my ACL my junior year, my sophomore spring. So I had a red chair year left, which gave me the amazing opportunity to play my grad year at University of Maryland. So. Um, after I graduated from Berkeley, I played my fifth year at University of Maryland, where I met Jarena, um, and got my master's. And after that, wow, this is a long journey. Do you not realize how long you've been playing football? Too? Yeah, that's my story. <laughs> Tell me the step by step. I didn't even rehearse this clearly. I'm like, how am I still talking? Okay, so, whoa. We're at Maryland. Yes. Yeah, 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 Maryland. Okay, so Maryland, towards the end of my time at Maryland, so I played my fifth year, I actually thought I was done playing. And I think that I knew I had a little bit more in me. I still, I, you know, I struggled with injury in, in throughout college. I didn't get as much minutes as I thought I would throughout college, my college career. Um, and Maryland was a great opportunity for me to step in and really, really contribute the way that I, that I would hope to um, or get closer to that. But I still was really hungry and wanting to play more. And I saw that the experiences that other people were getting with like kind of carrying out their their football journey um, and I wanted that so um, I started training and I got the opportunity at my to maybe a year after season so say 2018 um, when I was finishing my master's to be a replacement player for the Washington Spirit um, which is amazing it was an amazing experience and kind of like pushing me into the space um, up until after that, I was just continuing to train and then I ended up in Utah um, with Utah Royals and I was a practice player out there. Um, where are we now? Whew. So I was there. So I was at the Utah Royals um, for 2019. Um, I ended up having to get surgery at the end of 2019, just like some meniscus troubles, um, a little situation. Um, and then I came back home to train. And then as I say, March 2020 is when I was planning to go back play abroad. Um, that's exactly when COVID hit. So it actually kept me here. Um, and I think in that time of being at home and getting healthy and getting things together, I just, my same passion for the game wasn't exactly where, where I wanted it to be. Um, exactly just knowing the level that you have to be at and the kind of concentration that you need to be. And like the absolutely, like playing the professional level, there's no room for doubt. Like you have to be so self-assured in what you want to be doing and you have to be so self-assured and like, I belong here and this is what I want. Um, and I'm not going to let anything out of my sight that I want. And I think that if you have any type of sprinkles of doubt in that space, it's not going to work. Um, so I just knew that like with speaking to someone who was like, Hey, I can get you out and get you on some trials out in Europe and, and, <clears throat> in England, like, but 
is that what you want? And that's like, if you asked me this a year or two ago, I would say, hell yeah, but you know, it's not, it's not building a fire in me the way that like those words aren't building a fire in me like they did. Um, they would have. So I think that that was for me why I very recently in this past like six months have decided to retire. Yeah. Wow. Uh, journey. Quite yeah. the journey. Yeah, no, that, that's a great journey. We, we'll come back to where we are right now. And, <laughs> and you know, the things you're talking about, uh, about that desire and not having mm-hmm. doubt, you know, at the professional level, we'll tackle that. But let's go back to your club days and, you know, you're hopping all these places. Uh, when you're, when you're um, playing club, especially when you're entering the ODP pool, Who's your football idol? Ooh. Ooh, what a good question. Um, Danny Elvis, that's my guy. Mm. So I decided kind of a lot of my youth days I was used as a utility player. Um, and then I just really fell in love with the outside back position. I just get, you get to get into the attack. You get to really get on either side of the ball. Um, and, you know, who's a beautiful job of doing that is Danny Alves and you can really put him absolutely anywhere you know it was a world cup where he was playing center man um so I think he's entertaining he has spice he has sauce for days <laughs> um yeah Danny Alves is definitely my football idol in, in that way um nice nice okay all right so since you you mentioned you know Danny and I kind of know where this is going to go, actually, but this is going to be fun. So there's this question, right, that we ask everyone, and there's no, there's no right answer, but there's no wrong answer. It's your answer. And regardless of what you say, people in the football community, your friends, like, especially you, it sounds like you, you, know, you have friends that still play and that are ballers. They're gonna get at you, you know. Like so, but so that's just <laughs> it's just it's just what it is, you know what I mean? So here's the question: Who's in your top eleven footballers of all time? <laughs> you got Danny Alves already. So. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no. I mean, I don't know that you might. Yeah. That, but so, okay. So here's here's the thing: They don't have to be. Uh, you don't have to do the whole field, you know, like you don't have to do every position. You don't have to do, you know, you can, it's, you can just name 11 players. It's, a, it's your 11, but you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to help you count as you're going along. It, they could be men, women. It doesn't matter. Yes. It's your 11. You didn't even let me prep for this question. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here's the thing. No matter. I asked James, right? Like I asked James, James, James knew this years ago. Right. Yeah. This is a question yeah. I asked everybody. Struggle. Yeah. And I asked him <laughs> on his episode. It, it was a complete struggle. Yeah, I struggle. It really it doesn't especially for somebody like you, the yeah. more you know, the more you're gonna struggle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's just that's what it is. So it doesn't matter. Um Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm just gonna go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'm just gonna avoid some problematic answers mm. so we're gonna go can i put some qualifications on these yeah, yeah, yeah. Qualifications: players while in their prime uh-huh. top players 
Okay. Of okay. all time. Yeah. Hmm. Of all time, I don't like answering it. I feel like I'm about to spit some bars right now. So <laughs> okay. Go in, go in. All right, listen. Listen, we got Jimmy Alves on the right. Yep, okay. I found it. Okay. That's um, Alves. I don't I just because I have to stand by my word there. Um, of all time, okay. I'm just. Can we just put? I'm just gonna spit them out. Yeah. Do I have to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's fine. Um. Let's go with the easy ones. Ibra. Mm -hmm. um, Iniesta. Puyo. Oh, boss. <laughs> um, Rooney. Ooh. Thierry. We're at six. Six. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm cruising. Ronaldo. Which one? Numero uno. The Brazilian Ronaldo. Okay. The first, you know, you know, the first one. Shoot. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you know, gotta keep history. I feel like if I go Ronaldo, I have to go Pelin. But I, you know, I know I never personally really watched Pele growing up, you know. Yeah, so that's what this list is. Your list is your list. Okay. Well, you know, I like my list to be nice, and I could back that shit up. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> <so> well. <laughs> um, I'm at seven. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh. Arjun Robin. Mm. Um, Frank Ribéry. Oh. Uh, I'm just really making an all-star team. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> see, I see, I see, I see what you do. You got two more, two more. Okay. Um. And I need a goalkeeper. Um. Oof, Marta in her prime, dirty. One more. And um, um da, 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 da. who's gonna be my last pick? Does everyone take this longer? <laughs> some people do, some people quicker. So, you know, it varies. All right. Yeah. You good? The problem is, I was only thinking about, in my head, I was like, all right, I'm going to split up men and women. Boom. But I spent all my time, I got lost in the sauce when I was yeah. seeing my time. Happens. You got one more. Martha is the only woman you named that's what. Ow. Should we throw me out an hour later? <laughs> Jesus. Um, I'm a huge Christine Lilly fan. Okay. I love it. I, I mean, 
So here's the thing with that list. It's a it's a great list. I mean, it's your list, first of all. Mm-hmm. And from the list, you could tell there was a there was a time where you were naming all Barca, you know, a bunch of yeah, Barca. Yeah, like, clearly, I was trying to move quickly, so <laughs> I should have started with a women's team, so I could be like, bang, bang, bang. And, and what I noticed too, most of your players are really fast players. Yeah, like players are really fast and quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, it's interesting. You you name you you said your position is, you know, defensive back, mm-hmm. right? But Alves was – oh, no, Puyo was another one. I think you only had two mm-hmm. defenders. defenders. Yeah, defenders in there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. No, that's good. I mean, it's just, it's just an observation. There's some things that I would edit if I went back. <laughs> As a female player, put some respect on some more females' names. Oh, okay, you, you could do you could do two reserves for yeah. uh, two oh, reserves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two reserves. I'm gonna hit you with that at the end of this interview. <laughs> <laughs> back to you know you're um you're playing both on the you know the ODP teams uh you're in the ODP pool as well as the national pool and you're playing club ball um actually I, I want to ask you this question and, and this is something I've been thinking about you know uh so you, you I'm sure you're aware of the constant discussion about um the issues with football, youth football development in the U.S., you know, folks talk about pay to play, talk about, you know, lack of diversity. You can go down the list, right? Usually this conversation is centered around the men's game, right? So my question, the question really is, how come the women's, U.S. women's football and you're you know a prime example of this you know you were in all of those pools how come the women have managed to become you know the essentially the dominant uh producers of of women footballers internationally um but within the same the same environment the same structures or similar at least from the outside looking in similar to the men but it's not happening uh, for the men. What, what do you think is contributing to that? And well, yeah, any ideas? Oh, Oof. <laughs> that's a tough question. Um, so your question is, why do you do I think that the women's side is seen as so much more success? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I actually don't, I don't have a confident answer in that. Um, I think that, because the discussion around the women's game, it, it's like, oh man. <laughs> so can, can I make that question a little, so, so on the men's side, the pathway to professional is tough, right? So I think what Mike is trying to see is why is it easier for the women? Like, is there a pathway that's, that's easier for you guys? Because on the men's side, we're still struggling. Well, where like young kids can get from 
from an A to you know to a Z, and then playing the MLS and stuff like that. Yeah, well, yeah. So there's that, but it's even more than the pathway, right? So at at the base, my question is, you know, there's men and women in the U.S. or so boys and girls, mm-hmm. and they're playing a game with the same systems, right? So the pay to play impacts women or girls as well as boys there you know there's the odp pool there's the national pool there's the club structure etc you know the development seems similar um but yet the women u.s women are you know international superstars uh, compared to u.s men yeah i just i i actually I think there's just so many things that play into that, like in terms of like, how is the league structured? What are the different structures leading up to the MLS? Like how it's structured in terms of like actually financially structured versus how it's financially structured abroad. Like I actually don't know those answers, but I know they have to be a piece of that, right? Like mm-hmm. I know the, the structuring and how you lead players into it. I mean, is there, I, I don't really have the answers for the men's side besides like at the end of the day, like, you know, step your, your game up (laughs) you know i don't i i wish i actually could answer that question but um i don't feel confident giving you a definitive answer it's like hey this is why the women are so much more this is why they're so much more dominant um on the world stage yeah okay no that's fair um i mean it's something i've been i have some theories um i'd love to hear your theories and i vote yes up or down on what I think the oh okay all right so the reason I think the women's the U.S. women's game is so much um, is so dominant internationally uh, compared to other women is primarily the U.S. women um, were uh, the development system was intentional um you know, in this short period of time. So, you know, from the, really, if you want to look at it from, say, the the, the early to mid-80s with the, you know, the encouragement of women in, in athletics outside of, you know, the traditional track, uh, track and field, let's just say. Mm-hmm. And so what that led to was the U.S., unlike all the other countries, was actually developing um, players, uh, or developing great, you know, athletes, etc. And so when uh, the women's game got on the international stage, like the first Women's World Cup, for instance, the the U.S. women were so far ahead than all the other women's, right? And and this lead has been continuing for a while. Um, so you know, even up till now, but I think. Uh, there's there's like a tipping point, and so I think um, the the U.S. and this is extremely controversial, so so I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Right? But I think the U.S. women have won the last World Cup uh, for a long time uh, because now all the other you know big program the big countries etc. have actually poured in a lot of resources intentional training, coaching, et cetera. And so uh, now at the next Women's World Cup, you're going to have, I mean, you even saw, you know, semblance of this at the last World Cup, uh, Women's World Cup, but uh, 
a lot of those countries, so, you know, you had, like, the more technical countries like Brazil, France, England, uh, even, uh, like, South Korea, et cetera, Japan. But uh, they didn't, a lot of them didn't have the physicalities uh, that the U.S. women, uh, U.S. women team had. So the U.S. women team had the full package, essentially. Uh, so they were technical, fast, strong, you know, tactical, all of that. Now, I think you're going to have this, uh, this point where, you know, if you get the Brazilians, you know, imagine Martha, her whole crew. I mean, she's, she's not going to be in the team, but, you know, if you get uh, the French, et cetera, you get these teams that also has not just the technical and tactical, but also, the, you know, the physical uh, abilities, um, it's going to be a problem. So the, the playing field is going to become level. Okay. So you mix that with, uh, or you contrast that with the men's game, right? So the issue with the men's game is that all these other countries, uh, you muted, uh, by the way, Zoe, all these, all these other countries are um, more, they've been doing this for a long time. You know, essentially, like they've been training, uh, uh, developing tactically, developing technically, etc. They have the physicalities, and so you know, with the U.S., the U.S. team, even you know, to this day, if you look at the U.S. team, the U.S. team is strong, fast. They can hit the long ball. You know, still play the boom, boom ball, etc. But they don't have the the technical uh, ability to deal with pressure. You know, when they're playing these, you know, uh, Brazil, Germany, et cetera, um, and these teams and the creativity. Right. So. So the, the three things that the U.S. men's team lack technical, uh, you know, tactical awareness and creativity, uh, you can't get away with just your physicality at that level because everybody else is as strong everybody else is as fast um you know and and so that's the issue that's the real issue that you know but here's the thing though i think or not i think i know and i see i see that the u.s men's programs are making strides in you know correcting that deficit so and a big part of that is like, honestly, like a lot of the, you know, it's, it's sad to say, but a lot of the young, like the young gifted play American players go uh, to Europe or, you know, South America, Latin America, as soon as, you know, they hit 16, 17 and, you know, really get all of those pieces that, are, you know, and, and, you know, if you can really get a, a great cohort, um, to and you know and some of them move up to the first teams you know you everyone knows the names of mm -hmm. the the four or five guys that are currently on some big teams um and so so yeah i mean so that's 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 what's taking place now what needs to happen for you know for the us to even dominate say um the americas would have to be where the level of play and the level of development from the from the youth level to the MLS can't compete with any, you know, European or uh, Brazilian or you know, Argentinian uh, program.
I think I need to, I'm going to add on that. I think on, on the women's side, right? I think the reason why the women are successful is I think it's a culture within in it, right? Uh, like someone like me and him, like an icon, a lot of young women want to be a me and him. And if you look at the, the man's side, I don't know, maybe Kobe Jones, you know, yeah, right? I mean, no, no, but so uh, I, I mean, no, so I just think that's, that's what it comes to, right? Is that, will you say something? I did grow up like idol. I did grow up idolizing me and him. I didn't. I I thought of that answer too. I, but when you asked me who I idolized, it was me and him. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I that's like, one of your reserve, a reserve player. What you got? One more. But I think, and then another thing, because like Mike, you mentioned where you think the U.S. This, that's the last World Cup the women have won. Yeah, like you were saying, like on the men end, you said like, like Brazil been doing it for years. Yeah. The Germans been doing it for years. So, yeah. right? I mean, just like an example, the more money you have, the better you're always going to be. So, I just mm-hmm. think that U.S. women can always be better because there's so much ahead of every – because it started already, right? Yeah, no, no, I hear you, except, like, you know, one of the things that the – a lot of the um, the staff – for the, the U.S. women's, now we're making this a, a conversation. <laughs> but this is good. The majority of the staff for the U.S. women's team um, in the, the the past were Europeans, right, um, that have left and gone back to, I, I, I think, even the, you know, and, I, and I'm not just talking about the head coach. I'm talking about even, like, the dietitians, the, yeah. like, you know, all, all of these things. So what I'm saying is, like, the – the knowledge of what made the U.S. or what makes the U.S. women's great is now spreading or has spread throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll see. You know, like uh, today is um, May 12th, 2021. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, let, let's see if the women if the women's win the next World Cup. What is the next World Is it next year or this year? No, the women's World Cup? Yeah, what is it? So do you know? When's the next Women's World Cup? Yeah. It's 2023. Um, it's 2023. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, yeah, when, if, when, you know, let's just say, if the women's, the U.S. women win, win that World Cup, I'll, I'll get you and Zoe um, whatever you want as a meal. <laughs> <laughs> Dinner's on me. Dinner's on me. Dinner's on me for that day. Circled that back. You got on like the world's longest theory. I hope you know. I, yes, like, yes. I don't, and I feel like we really do need to get into that. It doesn't have to be now, but maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so yeah, so that's it. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, what was I gonna say to you? Uh, okay, so let's get back. So you're not sure what why the the U.S. women's are as great as they are. No, um, no, 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 no. You asked me why. <laughs> different question. You asked me why the woman's successful and why the men. The men on that. Yeah. Oh, so do you know why the women's are as great as they are? No, but I, I just wanted to sweat by them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't answer a different question. No, okay. But, but, you don't want no heat. You don't want no heat. <laughs> the, no, this, this is another question. So the, the other question is. Why do you think the U.S. women are so good? You know, I think the the U.S. women, I mean, I guess maybe the easy answer would be is because they're world-class 
athletes. I mean, they're world-class footballers. And why is LeBron so good? Because he studies the game. He's dedicated to his craft, right? Why? They, they're all really dedicated ballers and, and have <clears throat> found their way, um, found their way is a, not really not the, the right word. Um, but I think at the end of the day, what I can say is like, why are they so good? Because you know, they've dedicated their lives to mastering their craft. Um, and how, like, I can't speak to the, maybe the, the systematic way until they got there. And I know you were touching on that in terms of like, hey, there's now there's higher investment going on in other countries. Like, will they still stand, stand up? And I think absolutely, right? Like, um, and I, my calling would be like, Call to action is like more investment, right? Um, really give women the space um, to compete, and and we'll see even in even greater results, right? We'll see even greater football too, because um, yeah. you're getting even like diverse areas from getting it, um, and different types of styles and teaching it. Um, you know, the Japanese Japanese style play is very different from the U.S. style. I mean, I, yes, it is. Who am I kidding? <laughs> Yeah. It's different. Um, but there's reason for it being different, right? And so you can see, but that's something really great and amazing about football is you can see the influences across any country, right? You can see, you know, even within the NWSL, you can see like who, you know, is taking some pieces out of the Japanese playbook. Um, and, and I think that is where I'm going to go with this question. Uh, that's where um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, for, I think, to your point about the the additional resources, as you can see, you know, there uh, the league is expanding. Um, I think the plan is next year there's going to be uh, either two or three additional cities uh, with with teams, um, and you know, and I, I think that's great. Like you know, having a formable, you know, you, you could get to the point where. The league, the women's league in the U.S. is the best league in the world. Um, it arguably is, right? Yeah. It, it arguably is. The, the best players are here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they're on the U.S. national team, most of them in college, so yep. best players are here. So, yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the U.S. continues its dominance. Um, We're getting our also, dinner, man. We're getting our dinner. All right. I'm also <laughs> realistic, though, you know, but we'll see. Um, there's definitely other, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, they're the best at everything. It's like, <laughs> not my tune. It's definitely not. But it's um, yeah. like, I'm a big fan of watching, you know, you feel like some of the English players, I'm like, ooh, filthy, filthy. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, ooh, filthy. Like, I feel, you know, it's not like I'm here, I'm like, this is, it's here or die. Uh, you saw, you saw uh, Chelsea women's won the league. Uh, Barca women's won their league as well. Um, I'm following, you know. I'm keeping my eye. I'm watching everything that's moving, everything that's going on. Um, You know, throughout your career, what would you say was the most, and and this is really from, you know, from when you enter a club to, you know, when you decided to hang up your cleats. uh, What would you say what's the most challenging thing uh, you endure? And just playing? No, I mean, just, it, it could be anything, but it, so it revolving around the game. Oof. 
Um, I think the most challenging part about the game for me has always been the mental side. Um, knowing that, you know, I think that it was interesting going to Maryland um, and we, one of the sports psychologists was talking to us um, and I had previously never worked with a sports psychologist and she asked us to raise our hand if you think 10% of the game is mental. And then, you know, everyone's hands go up and she actually, she eventually gets to a hundred and I'm like, yeah, of course, a hundred percent of the game is mental, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we're training and we're getting through things that, that attention to detail, that last push, like all of that is mental. When you feel like you're melting inside, you're like, all right, get it together up here. Um, or even it's just like the moments where you need to stay calm, like everything about it is mental. And she's like, so how much time do you dedicate to your mental side of the game? If it's a hundred, like if it's X amount, of, and I'm like, do you do you commit that much time to it as you do to something else? And I'm like, damn, I don't. <laughs> and I think that that has always been a challenge for me um, around the game because I think that the how fluid I play like is yes grounded and how technically sound I feel, but I think that like going back to that piece of maybe <clears throat> when I was in Utah, you know, the days were not being on trial for so long um, that unsure about my ability or showing up and not feeling my best and, and trying to figure out like, you know, people aren't going to pat you on the back and be like, good job. You're doing great. <laughs> like, you know, you got to show up and kind of stand in your own ground and, and be completely confident in what you're doing. Um, and that doesn't really come from anywhere else, um, especially in that setting. Um, because people will be very quick to call out your mistake and very quick, you know, some, if you're not somewhere, they're going to be on your ass about it. And they're going to make you know that like, that was your call and that was your mistake. So, you know, I think that the mental side has always been a challenge for me and I've been able to succeed in certain areas and there's other areas where I still need to improve. Um, yeah. yeah. So I have two questions, right? So what have, what have you gained from soccer? Yeah. Uh, and um, and then and what life lesson have you learned from uh, football as well? Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many that I've learned, like life lessons. Um, I mean, you can stay within, you know, you. It might be kind of corny, but if you think about the pure just being on the field, about like accountability, right? Um, you know, knowing your role. I don't know. I, I think I'm trying to like kind of translate it over to like now that I'm working at a startup right now, I'm working in the you know, little corporate world. Uh, things I've learned. What a good question. There's so many. Let me, let me think about this. What if I... I'm just thinking about, right now I'm thinking about like competitiveness, but I, I've never been... Not, that's not something I, I learned from the game. That's just something that I experienced in the game. Um, Are you naturally competitive? Um, yeah, I like to act like I'm not, but that's not possible. <laughs> um, I think I, like outside of the game, I can be pretty chill. But like, if you if you tell me I'm not, if like you challenge me, oh my gosh, I'm like, oh okay, you want to play me like that? <laughs> like, and I'll I'll go off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I would say so. Okay, what what have I learned from the game? I think that it, it has taught me a lot about like people 
and responsibility and roles. Um, it's taught me about a lot about like grit. It's taught me a lot about like being your own advocate, right? It's taught me a lot about um, and really just the grind of it all. And I mean, um, and working towards goals. And it, it, it's shown me the type of person I am in terms of like how, um, when I'm most productive, um, I've learned about myself really recently about like, when I have a certain goal in mind, if I can put some things like, I want X, Y, and Z, but really like poignant things, like my motivation to do the things, like my vibe behind it is so much stronger. And I know that like, about consistency and the consistency of having to do absolutely anything. But, you know, I know how to get myself up to just do it. But when I have a plan and I have something to get after like that, like I've learned that through football. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm trying to like translate over to like my other, my new parts of my life just because <laughs> I, I'm not playing soccer anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, no. so, so, you know, I mean, you just, you just point out that you're, you're not playing right now, but, what is your current involvement in the game? So right now I'm coaching. So I'm coaching U12 boys. Mm -hmm. It is a trip um, because I've, you know, I've, I'm used to being around girls and I now have this boys team. Um, uh, it's quite the learning experience um, in terms of like where their level is and kind of where, how to gauge against different levels, how to plan around that. Um, how to kind of plan around other ideologies. Um, it, that is my current, my current in, involvement in the game. Um, yeah, and how, how long have you been uh, coaching? Uh, I just started as my first team. So I just started coaching um, in the fall with these boys. At first, I was just uh, helping out with like technical stuff. And then they're like, hey, we're, we're trying to play games. You want to grab this team? I mean, <laughs> I'm not. And it was that casual, unfortunately. It was, it was that casual. Like, hey, you want to grab this team? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I would love to, like, have a, a group that I can work with consistently. Um, so maybe six months. Okay. So. It's, like, individually training. Yeah. So, um, you know, you brought up a, a few things uh, that might be interesting. I don't know if, you, if you're dealing with this now, but the whole, the whole point – the thing you're talking about, about like, you know, the self-belief or getting rid of self-doubt um, as a player, you know, and you said, you know, the the mental aspect is for you is the number one challenge. Have you experienced any of this with your players? And if you have, what are you doing to, you know, to remedy it with them? Yeah, I don't know if I've, yeah, I actually have. So my boys love to do this thing where they see the shot and then they'll dribble for a couple more steps and then see the shot again and then put their head back down. I'm like, hey, you had the shot two shots ago and now you lost the ball. And so like, um, and how do I get you? So, you know, I try to structure things around it to say, okay, how can I actually design a practice where I'm encouraging them to take shots early? Right. So like, I don't want them like to feel confident in their ability to do something. Right. So I'll design a practice. Let's say like the only way you can score is by shooting above, like taking an early shot 
or receiving off a cross. So, cause we also want to instill like, with is another theme that we've been working on. Um, so I want to put like some type of structure around it. And then another way that I do it in terms of like when that happens, like when they do take the shot, right. I'm like, great. That's great. That's what I want. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like I just want you to get comfortable taking that risk um, to get that shot off. Cause I want to have like some systematic way in which like you're building the confidence. And now we're like, okay, now that you feel comfortable, like you see that you are capable of hitting that shot. Now let's like really refine the details. Let's, let's get it to that corner. So now I'm developing them in a way that makes sense. And I could also kind of encourage them and kind of help their confidence in that way. Like, Hey, you feel comfortable now? Cause like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm happy you did that. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah, it was, it wasn't, the world's greatest shot who cares you know you're here in practice that i want like in a game even in games i'm like hey i want you you see it take it you know um because it's all about development so um that's that's one way that i do it in, in terms of like how can i structure around it how can i now instill them encourage them around the structure that i've provided um you know in terms of and i'll, I'll be really frank with them in terms of like hey i'm going to be really hard on you today and certain things so you know i don't want them ever think that like if I'm if I'm hard on them I want the one no like I told you <laughs> I told you I was gonna be hard on you I'm gonna demand a lot out of you today because I know you can do it mm-hmm. you know and starting to like hey like I believe you can do it you, you now you try it out um and that's kind of how I'm doing it and trying to attack it from a youth standpoint yeah mm-hmm. who, who who are your culture influences Oh, uh, that's a good question. I actually have two influences. Um, one would be Pep. Uh, why? Just because it's like he's a great name to say. No. Are um, <laughs> um, actually um, Becca Moros is the assistant coach at Gotham FC, and I had the privilege of playing with Becca at Utah. Um, and when I was training, she was, she's so meticulous about details and everything about like passing a ball, right. At the elite level, you know, and I, I've heard from like Amy, Amy LaPelbit is another person who's a really big influence in terms of coaches for me, um, who I was playing with in Utah. Um, it's about hitting like at the elite level, it's not six out of 10, you can hit this pass eight to nine out of like if not ten you're hitting at nine eight or nine out of ten um like hey you know you should be hitting nine so what does that come down to it comes down to like detail for becca becca's all about detail repetition and really like can i find like the perfect can i practice the absolutely perfect strike or like this absolute perfect part of it over and over and over and now let's translate it to like that's just on the technical side um, and so she's actually such an incredible mind when it comes to the game. Um, so Becca is one when it comes to the technical side of the game. And when it comes to the tactical as well, I mean, I, I don't spend as much time talking to Becca about the tactical side. Um, but I know I could because um, she's pretty brilliant in that space. Uh, another person who's you influence for me is Amy LaPelbit. She actually is formerly on the U.S. national team and then outside back. Um, and I had the privilege of playing with her just with the reserves at Utah. Um, and, and she's so smart and so 
dope. Like she's just a dope player um, as well. And I think that she has a really calm demeanor and, and how she, you know, when we've talked about her with youth playing with these players, um, she's always like, I think that every single, like if I'm there, I'm there to develop them. And I think the players deserve to be playing, even if they're not the strongest, right? Especially at the lower levels. Um, you know, so <clears throat> I think when you get older and, and what I've hearing from her, and so it's like when you're to the 14, 15 year old age with parents, you'll, you'll get a lot of heat. Why are you playing that person? You know, I, I get it now. And I'm, I'm like, he's 10. That's why I'm playing him. Um, <laughs> and really focusing on like development. Um, and I guess the last piece is, um, you know, I kind of took notes from my college coaches and like, you know, here's things that I did like, here are things I didn't respond well to. Um, and here are things that I really, you know, I, I would like to avoid in terms of my, in, in how I approach the game. Um, so just like my own personal learnings. Also Kelly Lindsay, so three people. Kelly Lindsay is another coach um, who came in at Cal and she was just so phenomenal in terms of breaking down what is actually the issue. So, you know, you got beat on defense. Like you'll hear coaches say like, don't get beat. What does that mean? Right? Like, okay. Like I, if I knew how not to get beat, I wouldn't have done it. Right. Like that's, and I feel like that's such that you hear that so often, like it's, it's just a mentality thing. Like, no, it's not. It's a technical thing. And there's like, there was a reason why you got beat. Something happened. What was the breakdown? Right. And so she was like so incredible about being like, she pulled me off to the side um, one day and I, I was doing this thing where at this point it may have been, I was sophomore. Um, and one thing for like defending, um, <laughs> you all know, like you get rinsed. And so the next thing you do after you get rinsed, uh, especially as a younger player, you're like, I'm just going to go harder. <laughs> you know, like I'm not going to get, I'm going to go harder. Um, because now you also have a coach yelling at you not to get beat and you're like, okay, I'm trying, I'm just going to go harder. And you get beat even worse the next time because you come in way too hot. Yeah. Right. Are you coming way too hot? And now you're like, now you're super tight <laughs> like, and you can't, and now you can't function. And so she did such a great job of like breaking down of like, all right, here's how your approach should be. This is how your feet should be. It's all footwork. Right. Like this is what your approach is. And just, we drilled that. And that's how. You're like we were able to start breaking down like oh I got I got beat that one is because I my I was a step too close or on my approach she beat me here and being able to learn the game that way so I think that something that I really keep in mind is just from that is terms of like one what was what was it and like giving the actual technical pieces of what happened to being able to break that down to a player and then also like being able to do it myself like who respects someone who can't do what they say you know, we all run into that place. You're like, all right, great. You do what you just said then. <laughs> you do it. Oh, you want, oh, you want me to do all this? Why don't you do it? <laughs> like, right? Like, being able to really stand by that. And so I guess, yeah, I, I think this is a great question. I'm just realizing, like, so many great, someone who I work with now here around here, it's like one of my friends who owns a gym up the street um, and I've been training with since um, I was in high school. Um, mm. And anything that he's ever asked me to do, like, he shows out when he does it. So um, being able to have an influence like him as well to say like, you know, anything you demand of anyone <clears throat> that you train with, you should be able to perform as well. And so that's something that I, I tell the boys, like, listen, you want me to do it, I'll do it. 
And yeah. if I think it's too hard, then I'm like, you know what, you're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> no, I mean, it, this is so true. Um, you know, that leading by example. Um, and But, you know, what, what I'm always trying to remember, though, is like when we were young, I'm trying to remember if all my coaches led by example, you know, because like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm remembering some, some of the coaches that, you know, the, the gun is out, is out here. <laughs> they, they can't barely even see the ball at their foot. I think they had an idea, but they couldn't yeah, do it. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? And, um, and we were still expected to do it. Um, whereas what I've noticed, you know, with and I, that's why I was going to ask you this, but what I've noticed with, you know, the a lot of the younger players now, they do like, you know, when their coach or trainers can actually perform, you know, whatever the task is and actually do it at a high level, it pushes them. You know what I mean? And and even and there's jokes amongst the players about, oh, you you know, like you can't do it. And for me, I'm always good, like we, we do competitions nonstop, you know, like their goal, you know, I tell them all their goal is to beat me. Um, and, you know, that's that's and they need to beat me, you know. Real soon, because if they could beat me real soon, they would have a field day with like you know kids. They it would be, um, but no. So what I was going to ask you was, you know, do you notice any difference in the development uh, between you know when you were playing, you know, with clubs, ODP, National Pool, etc., to now that you're working with, you know, now that you're on the other side, you're a coach now. Are you noticing any differences in the, you know, the structure of the, the the clubs the the training regimen you know all, all those kind of things yeah I I think that the club that I'm with right now is a little unconventional so it's a <clears throat> it's a developing club and they're still kind of working out the kinks of like what they want to look like how they want to function they just know there's space for young young kids in the Harlem area um, who may not actually be able to afford like a classic club but you know Manhattan soccer club and be able to pay that level. Um, they have a space here at Harlem Elephants to do so. So um, mm -hmm. it's definitely a different environment for me in terms of coming into a club and being like, all right, here are my here are my 15 players or here are my 12 players. I see them every Wednesday. I see them all the time and I'm not having anybody else work with me, right? So mm -hmm. like I constantly have to work on the fly because I have like a core group of players that I will have and bring me to games, but I also might have like five other kids that, you know, showed up on Saturday morning um, and want to get into involved, right? So, like, how do I manage around, like, how do I keep my really high level, but also, like, make sure that I'm, I'm showing them love? Yeah. Um, so, it's a, it's a little different for me. So, I can't really speak to the comparison because it's, like, it's not even, it's not apples to apples. It's, yeah. it's mm -hmm. like, I don't know, cucumbers to... <laughs> <laughs> to oranges. <laughs> cucumbers. I be close. <laughs> What would you say, you know, um, we didn't get into, uh, well, I mean, I, I, we didn't ask about, you know, you, you mentioned you got injured um, at Berkeley, and then um, you also got injured uh, at the end of Maryland or at Maryland? No, sorry, at Where? Utah is when I Oh, at Utah, yeah, after you left Maryland. Okay. Um, what would you... And we and it could be, yeah. Your response to this could be about the injuries, but what would you say has been your worst mistake as a footballer? Oh, 
think um I think maybe waiting. I think maybe I definitely hit in certain parts of my season, my freshman and sophomore year, um, where I got to the sense that I was like, I'm not going to play anymore this season. Um, I, I'm not in the rotation. I can't figure out a way to get in this rotation. Like, I'm just, you know what, I'm just going to shut it down and like, I'll just get through. And then when I get to, and I'll figure it out later. Mm -hmm. I think that that was probably one of my bigger mistakes in, in terms of how to approach problems. I, I think that sometimes, you know, when things get too overwhelming, I, you know, I used to be a person who just takes naps, you know, like this is too much right now. I'm going to take a nap. We'll come at it in a second. But I think that I can do that on a bigger scale. Um, so maybe that was one of my bigger mistakes in terms of how do I approach I, what I want you know how can I tell myself like how can I be honest with what I actually want mm. and then how can I be daring enough to go get it um, mm. you know I think to kind of put it more concretely um, I get like thinking about I, I always was able to rely on the physical part like I know how to like physical part like not rely sorry in terms of working towards like your fitness or being better physically, mm -hmm. um, that's, that's quote unquote easy, right? Like you just do the work, right? Um, so I think that in the off seasons, I'm thinking about my sophomore year, um, or my, those off seasons, um, instead of working at the, the technical pieces that I may have needed to work on, I was like, I need a break from all, what all of that's football right now. And I'm just gonna dive in to just being on my physical piece. But I think that um, one of the, which, you know, like, I actually don't, I don't think that's a bad thing to be like, I need a little bit of a me or mental break. Um, because, you know, at the elite level, things get really intense. Um, and it's not just, you know, you have school, you're like, you, you have so many things going on at playing in D1 soccer, as you all know. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it really does come back down to my biggest mistake is not going after being honest with myself like hey i want to be a starter i actually still have aspirations of playing a really high level i believe that i can do that um but also doing the things that might be out of my comfort zone to get there um so i had a friend um, who's like an incredible mentor to me uh who's like okay like okay you want to be a starter that's dope that's great how are you going to get there? You know, like, yeah, you're a talented player. Like, yeah, you're athletic. Yeah, you're technical. But how are you going to make that translate? Like, what are the pieces? And like, one thing that she proposed was like, why don't you play with the, the men's club team? Right? You have like a whole new area. It's going to push you in a different way. Um, train with them on on Wednesdays, you know, and like, and that was such a great, like, that's, that's a dope idea. But what helped me back was just like, the, um, like not wanting to be outside my comfort zone, right? It wasn't like, I didn't want, you know, I think we're, we may all be like this. I'm not really sure, but I know that like, I don't like not being good at something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it. Yeah. And, um, I've gotten better at that now. I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, but I got and I didn't want to be exposed like that. Right. Like, and I wasn't willing to be exposed like that and be not great and see will like expose myself and then work towards it. 
Um, and I think one thing that with my injury is that it, what made me realize is like, yeah, this is like a pretty unconventional thing to be doing. Like, you know, it's kind of weird, but like, if it's going to get me right, no one really judges you about what you're doing when you're at the top, right? Like no one, like then whatever weird thing that you're doing or out of the ordinary thing that you're doing becomes like, I should probably do that. Right. Right. Hey, like everyone's like, wait, that's, you know, what they did is this, but like, if it's unconventional, it's not the typical way. Like you don't, yeah. it's, it's easy. It's like, I was willing. I was like, I don't like, of course I'd like to think that I don't care what other people think, but like I did care, you know, I, I did, and I didn't want to expose and I did care about like what that looked like and how that would translate. It was, it wasn't worth the risk. Um, of putting myself out there, putting the extra hours in ways that were unconventional. Um, and the answer is always, it's actually going to be yes, but it's, you know, it's probably one of the bigger mistakes is shying away from those opportunities for no good reason. <laughs> so uh, you was playing like on a top level not too long ago. So is it, did you stop playing because of injury or is it something else, a different reason why you stopped playing? Uh, oh, um, yeah, I think that like, for me, the physical piece of, you know, being, playing and getting yourself to as best as you can and, like, working around that. I'm, like, I'm still not, like, absolutely healthy now. Um, but I, I just think a mixture of the two. Like, I didn't feel like myself. Um, and I knew that I was, like, well, wait. Um, when I was in college and not feeling myself, I was like, well, I'm here and I'm here to play. So I'm going to get this right. I'm going to, this is, this is what I'm here to do. Um, so let's get it. You know, like I don't really have another option outside of college. Right. I think that then it starts creeping into your brain. Like, okay, well I actually have other things that I could do and explore. Um, and, you know, maybe football isn't the route that like is, is getting me going. And I don't have to, play football for, for my happiness. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of why I took a step back. You know? And yeah, I, I think it just comes back to what I said at the very beginning about um, in the professional realm, like there you, you have to be so like, this is what I want. And this is what I'm like, there's, there's no room for any other opportunity, anything else. Um, because it's not easy. Like you're not, it's, it's definitely on the women's side of the game too. Like you're not getting paid a lot. It's, it's a hundred percent. Like, this is because I'm passionate about it. And this is the only thing I want to be doing, which is why I'm like, you know, pay, pay these women, period. <laughs> pay these women. Pay them. Y'all That's what I want it. <laughs> dollars. That's crazy. That's the ass I want it. <laughs> They're sick as hell. Give them some damn money. Are you kidding? Like, 22 okay? Yeah. No, no, I mean, yeah. the, the, um, it's obviously it's not where it should be, but it's 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 coming up there. It's getting up there, you know, with, with more sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> no, isn't it? I mean, it's I've heard, like when, 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 when is it? Coming? No, in particular. Okay, so uh, I want to say last year, um, uh, uh, what's the name? Uh, Morgan. Huh? Alice Morgan. Yeah, Alice Morgan. Um, you know, when she left Orlando uh, Pride. Mm-hmm. And she got a pretty good contract. Uh, where is she? She's at, uh, yeah, Man, at Man City. Um, does, uh, I'm forgetting the Australian lady that's at Chelsea now. Yeah, the striker. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. So, like, these are – and, you know, and obviously 
they're also getting uh, big sponsorships as well. Um, so of course, you know, there's, I, I think everyone knows there's a long way, um, you know, in, and it's the same thing with the WNBA, you know, like there's huge disparities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it'll get there. It'll get there. Hey, uh, Here's yes. what I'm saying. Y'all yeah. were really happy to talk about how the women are performing better. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Now we talk about how you like, pay them and it's, oh, well, it's getting there. Is it? Cause, like, no. no, 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 no. So like, so for me, I like, I, I don't even understand. I don't understand that dynamic. First of all, right. I don't understand the dynamic where the U S women's no, I, I was talking about club, but of course the U S women. Okay. Yeah. The U S women's uh, national team should be getting paid more. I mean, like it, it shouldn't even be a comparison between what the, you know, the U S women's national team and the, the U S men's national team is getting paid. Um, but the question but, is, is that, is that funny? Is it coming from the, is it coming from FIFA is what FIFA, I mean, I don't know more of, like what FIFA give to the federation for the women, is yeah. it is the money coming from FIFA? Uh, you know, because yeah. I, I mean, no, I mean I don't. So from the club level, mm-hmm. what I do know is like you know the the what the argument all the sports franchises uh, make is that the the women's game doesn't generate you know the mm-hmm. same type of income as the men's game, right? So the the viewership like the tv rights or the um you know jersey sales or games attendance etc it's just not at you know at that global level Mm -hmm. um so and what i'm saying is when i say it's getting there that's what i mean i I think the popularity of the women's game is really especially you know with um the women's world cup has really pushed the recognition of the women's game to the point where, you know, even the men, like the men players are, you know, supporting the game now and, and talking more about it and more active in it. Same thing with the WNBA and the NBA players. And so I think, you know, I think it'll get there. I don't think it's a matter of skill or, you know, ability, um, but the composition piece is going to get there. Yeah, I think that, like, it's a young league, right? It is a fairly young league, but, I know, I think we should also be calling for a higher investment, right? You don't, yeah. you know, the, the the revenue thing is interesting point because you're like, okay, but if you're investing in an early stage, you're investing early stage company, right? You're not investing them because they're making millions. You're investing yeah. them early because you believe they will, right? Yeah. Investing them in the early stage because you believe in that, that capability and what they'll deliver. Um, mm. and you have such elite athletes, you have such like you have world class athletes in the in this league or in the club level. Um, they deserve to be, you know, invested in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it'll get you know, like so for instance, you know, women's tennis is earning comparable or if not more than I don't know. Um, don't, let's not bring in. I don't know. I think about it. <laughs> oh, oh, the other sports. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean. So my, my point is like even the investments. I think I think the investments are gonna get the, like it's. Yeah, the, yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, it's just a it's a matter of time. Um, so, yeah. so I have a question. Also, so especially if there's a lot of young people, like I said, we coach a lot of young people on the team, boys and girls, uh, that might be listening to this. What advice? Like most of those kids, are, you know, they have dreams. 
they want to play on that level, playing college or playing professional level, what advice would you give them? Um, I would say every opportunity that you have um, to get better, you know, any opportunity that you can find, take it. And what I mean by that is, you know, I'm thinking, for example, of, of a kid that I coach, um, you know, and you know, an opportunity to just, you know, jump in with the club. Like, I'm like, hey, come. I probably shouldn't use the example that I am. Um, like, if you have the, I'll make a more shot. If you have the opportunity to train with other people, if you have the opportunity to play with a new team, um, you have the opportunity. Um, you see, you have a great player around you. You have the opportunity to, like, shoot around with them, to start training one-on-one -on -one with them. Like, take them, right? Just find opportunities to get better. It doesn't have to be an expensive thing to do, right? If you, you know, just stay really hungry, um, stay competitive, and really always try to get better. Like you're, like how can I expand my game and and think about that and, and you know turn into the player that you want to be. Like if you want to be flashy, you want to you know chip behind the back, do it, right? Like develop your skill set to do that. Like don't let it like become the player you want to be. Just completely always push the level and put yourself in situations that might be uncomfortable but like we'll get you there um i guess the other piece i'll say is um you know don't be afraid to do other things um you know you can become a great footballer by you know being a great basketball player as well um you know learning from the other sports that you play one don't specialize until you get older one <laughs> two um you know because especially on one thing is actually not going to get you to the next place. I think the diversity of movement and thought that you'll get from other, other things will actually make you a better player. Um, so really take all the opportunities you have from your other experiences and try to think about how you can translate those things to your soccer game. Um, and I think that will, you know, that will set you apart from anyone else. Um, Cause like how you experience another sport is so unique. Um, so being able to translate over to your soccer side, um, that'll make you next level. Well said. Indeed, indeed. What, what do you want your lasting contribution to the game to be? Oh, wow. Um, I actually just want to have um, – be able to impact someone's life positively. Um, if a young player was able to look back and have learned one thing from me, then that was, that's what I want, that's what I want to be able to do. So I want some players who work with me to be able to look back and you know, I'm not going to get to all of them, but I have most of them. I hope that we'll see like, um, the way that I, held them to a standard in the way that like, you know, we have fun and, and, and the style of which I, I taught um, was meaningful to them because I've had so many incredible coaches um, who have impacted me and taught me so much. And like one person I have to mention is like Rob McCullough, who was who was my like individual trainer from like sixth grade on. 
who like really made me into the person who I was, um, made me into the, the, the per, like the worker that I was, um, who just like instilled so much trust. She had trusted who I am, saw something in me, um, and you know, and pushed me there, um, and taught me how to push myself to the to a new level. So if I can have something similar in terms of like in the game, saying hey, trying to give some love in that way. And that's what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure. It's been such a ride. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, if you still got a reserve, you want to. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yes. 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 One more. One more. One more. Yes. One more. You put me and him on the reserve. So oh, you got one more. I know. I know. Can you imagine <laughs> on the reserves? <laughs> um um i'm gonna go with amy rodriguez beast okay absolute beast watch her watch her now just insanity yeah nice nice yep no it's, it's it's been a joy um you know i'll definitely get you guys that dinner if um the u.s women's Win that 2023 workup. If you like a full barbecue situation. Yeah, you said it didn't be in a different country. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 you know, actually, where is the where is the women's workup? Because uh, is know, it is it France? Right? No, 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 no. Last year, the last one was in France. I think gonna be in England. I, oh, hold on. You said it is going to be England? Uh, no, I, that's what I was thinking. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't Europe. But. Well, I mean, the men's is in uh, Qatar, but... Mm. Um, and the next but, one is in the U.S. Yeah, after, after that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we might, depending on how the world is, you know, is 2023, we might make a trip to the, the okay. World Cup, you know? And then I'll buy you guys dinner. Okay. <laughs> Dinner's on me. <laughs> if the if the US, you know, if the US don't win. Okay. Uh, you know. No, if, if the US win, dinner's on me. But if the US don't win, then you know, it's just we just gonna celebrate. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not celebrating. It's not something I'm proud no, of. No, no, I mean we just go and watch the walk up and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean we enjoy it. We're students of the game, you know. Like I mean for me, I'm a student of the game, so um, you know, um I'm all for, <clears throat> I'm all for enjoying the game and all, all the game provides for us. It's a beautiful game. Yes, yes. And Zoe, it's been a beautiful conversation. Yes. Um, you're everything that Jarena said you would be. Wow. More. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. You're the, the cousin that she didn't know she had. So, you know, at, at the end of our conversation, we said, we're like, well, we don't know if we're cousins yet. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we could. I don't know. Yeah, we could be. You could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, haven't, we haven't looked into that yet, but um, but we know you guys are. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. But yeah, you know, whenever you're, if you ever come around these parts, you know, hit us up. Do you still play? Do you like still play pickup or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I dabble. 
Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we were trying to get Drina to because um, she said she's still, you know, she's still training, and and so you know, we told her we'll link up to play some pickup. Mm -hmm. um, I'm laughing. I talked to Drina yesterday about some coaching stuff, so I'm just laughing. We're still recording, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, I could. <laughs> you know, he's, he can edit if you know if, if there's anything you say that you don't want used against you. <laughs> yeah. in a, <laughs> in the court of public opinion, uh, you know, we can edit it out later. No, I was just going to say, but <laughs> you can edit this out. Um, no, I was just, we were laughing about like, you know, what egos and especially, you know, I was who think they're feeling mighty nice and I got to feel like, no, we got to like humble them a bit. Um, and Adrena's like, oh, I humble kids the first day. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, so he's like, he's like, my, all my girls play me one v one, and then after that, and after that, I say, if you think you're good for any of the drills that we run and the fitness that we do, come see me, and we can do this again. <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah no, you gotta let them know. Um, no, I mean, she doesn't. She doesn't have ten year old. She has uh, like sixteen. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's actually a good point, you know, um, especially now that because I think, you know, in the past, a lot of the, the folks who ended up in coaching were Old. further removed from the game. Yeah. Um, so they weren't, you know, like I said, you know, the beer gut or, you know, not necessarily. Uh, but um, but now. You know, for a lot of the, you know, a lot of the coaches are essentially players as well. You know, like they either recently stopped playing or they still play mm -hmm. or they're, you know, they're extremely active. And so they can get busy, you know, <laughs> like, you know, what I mean, like me, I'm, I'm, I'm letting them know, like, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> you know, I'm going to drag you like, let's go. Like, I'm making up every opportunity that's like, you know, so, so. Yeah, and, and you know, I think it's it's good for, especially you know, for the ones who say they want to go further, because we, you know, this this crop of coaches who've been far know what it, like you know the point you're making about like having any doubt, um, you know, when, once you're at the elite level, you have to be ready. Like you're ready at at all, even if you're, you know, even if you're on the bench, like in your mind, you have to be ready to get on the field because something can happen at any moment and you're put yeah. in that position and then you have to perform as if yeah. started the game. And this is even discussed, you know, in the, um, when we're having the lunch, like, you know, the lunch before the game, you know what I mean? Like oh. the coaches is, is letting everyone know, like, you know, you know, if this is the starting lineup and the rest of you guys, you need to be ready. Yeah. Um, and, and it happens, you know, like you, you see it over and over again where, um, you know, somebody comes in and they get busy, and then now, yeah, all of a sudden, everybody starts believing, right? Like, so now the dynamic changes. Um, but the point of it is, is really like for these for for young players, you know, when they have some talent or you know some ability, sometimes you know, because a lot of us are delusional, you know, like especially parents, you know, <laughs> your kid could as soon as your kid could juggle with one foot, you like, oh, this guy's better than Messi. <laughs> <laughs> Like Messi, Messi doesn't have anything on him. You know what I mean? So happy, you know what I'm saying? You know, and so, but 
but we've been there and we know what it takes. Yeah. You know, like, you know, that's not, yeah, that's cute, but it's <laughs> not, that's not it, you know? And so that's why it's good for like, you know, the young coaches or the active coaches that can get, get out there and get busy and, and show them the business. Mm-hmm. So then they know, like, oh, okay, you know, I got to step it up. I got to step it up. So, yeah. Wait, that's actually, I'm going to relate this back and then, you know, we're going to, three girls got to eat, you know? Yeah. Um, I was going to say, actually, you asked me earlier, you know, one of the biggest challenges for me, and I think actually coming off the bench was probably one of the biggest challenges for me, um, mm. is, you know, you're expected, like you said, to act like you started, but you yeah. don't get the, you don't get the leeway of the starter, right? Yeah. You get, you get your five minutes and, or you don't get any bad passes. You know, <laughs> you've been off on the bench. You have to be sharp from the second that you step on because they'll quickly be like, nope, and pull you off, right? And yeah. like, that would hit me so hard, right? Like yeah. that, that motion of like, don't mess up don't mess up don't mess up don't mess up and like that took over my entire being and if your only thought is don't mess up and like what you're gonna do you're just gonna mess up yeah Yeah. Uh, and that was probably like my biggest hurdle was like changing the like ah because like i couldn't even be myself anymore like i wasn't who they recruited i was just someone completely different i just function because i couldn't figure out how to manage that Mm -hmm. type of like expectation and pressure if you're like you don't get a second chance we were like i came from like i was always starting like when i was in clubs right so like i didn't make a great pass i'll get it back and we're on to our next thing um and so maybe that's the biggest hurdle that i had to come over is that thought of like okay if i'm coming off the bench like all right show time like just kind of whatever it was to like get me to the point where like all right let's like let's show them what's good like let's show them what what you're about to do like so whatever it's gonna do like kind of get me in a like a playful ready mood um mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest things like challenges i had to over overcome and that's why i think like when i say like the mental side of the game is the hardest piece i think that's like a really concrete example for me it was like how do i change this mental piece because it's it's taking away entirely from who i am as a player yeah i'm actually gonna keep this piece no yeah no this is yeah, yeah this, this is good no, this is this is this is real good. I mean, we'll we'll actually do. Um, I actually want to talk to you more about this. Uh, this is such a big piece. The, um, this dynamic of superstars who transition to certain, you know, like they've been superstars for a while, while and then transition to a certain phase, and they're not a superstar. But it's even worse. They're on the bench, and everything is being critiqued, and what that does mentally, and how you break out of it. And, you know, finding the right, uh, like, you know, you said, you know, coming up with the decision to determine, okay, should, should I stay? Should I go? Like, you know, like, what, what should I do? Right. And as you, as you were saying this, you know, who I was thinking, I was thinking about like somebody like Gareth Bale, mm-hmm. you know, like a baller, baller, right? Yeah. Ball at Madrid. And then he gets into this situation where, you know, like he's coming in at the, 70th minute then it goes to the 80th minute and then even in the champions league he comes in at the like the 80th minute it has this incredible goal that you know like like i mean it's not that this guy is not a baller but there's all this other stuff that's going on and you know it gets to the point where like he literally just tones out of you know he's not even into it anymore um and then he gets you know goes to another team 
time. Yeah, Justin, then, Justin Lee got same. That's like yeah, yeah. I mean, Liga. like it, there's so many players, you know. And so, like, this is a whole piece. But and and since you brought it up, you're gonna be like the you're gonna be the target. Like you know, it may be a panel discussion, but it's something that's not discussed a lot because you know, with ballers, we we kind of and it's it's natural to to you know view the narrative in a positive light. But this is a piece that it's I tough. think yeah, it's something that you know, especially for young players, it's something is useful for them to understand that you may hit this patch and how you handle it may actually be, you know, the determining factor in your, you know, your future. Um, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I was listening to Mariah Lee is um, a player. So she played at Stanford and then she went to Wake. Um, she, I don't know if she's on, I know she was at the Reign and now she's at F- Celtic FC. So she was saying, I was like listening to a piece of her podcast and she was saying like when she was on trial something similar about like the difference between her mentality and other trialists um like she didn't get in for a scrimmage um but like just being so self-assured that she was like that's fine she's like that's fine i'll have more energy than everyone else who played tomorrow mm-hmm. and like being and she's like and then from that point not only do i have more energy i'm like i'm undeniable like who scored that who scored three times me like I'm on, you can't deny that. I'm like, that's such an incredible outlook that yeah. like, mm-hmm. I wish I, I, I knew I had when I was younger, but if I could have carried that with me or remember that or had that with me when I was going through my college years and even at the professional level of being like, don't, that's nothing. It doesn't yeah. matter, you know, like being so self-assured and like mm-hmm. about the ball no matter what. And like the opportunity that is seemingly missed here is actually even better for me tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty cool. Yep. 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 No, no, no. We'll, we'll definitely we'll set it up. Um, yeah. No, no. We'll set something up nice uh, to have that discussion because it's it's something that it, it it's it would just be focused on that piece and it's something I think a lot of folks can get a lot from uh, is needed. But yeah, it's been a pleasure. Zoe, how can um how can folks get in touch with you? Any social media handles? Oh, um, Instagram. So Clark 19, Z-O, C-L-A-R-K, 19, you know, that's me. There's no, there's no E, it's just Z-O Clark? Well, my name's Z-O-E, but the handle is so. Uh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you want to leave the folks with? Stay beautiful. Okay. <laughs> That's how we're gonna end. Now. Yeah, that's gonna be the that's gonna be the new uh, outro. Stay beautiful for footballers only. Stay beautiful. I love it. That's that's good. I, I like that. I like that. Zoe. I don't work for free. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Zoe. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys so much. All right, have a good one. Have a good one. Bye.